Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. Clint Sterner's Football at Four. All right, it's uh, it's a playoff week. Another one here in Houston with these Texans, y'all. And uh, you know, over here, at Sports Radio six ten, we do it big on them playoff weeks. Now we try to do it big throughout the year as well. But uh, these playoff things, we haven't experienced a lot of them lately. So we're going we're going to blow the top off of it. We are at Tom's Watch Bar in downtown on Friday from two to six. Come through, hang out with us. Um, it, it Caroline and Dallas Street, right next to the House of Blues. Uh, if, with that information, you ought to be able to find it. There's parking garages all over the place. Come through, hang out. Beautiful place to be. Great atmosphere, great people, great service, great drinks, um, great location. And uh, guess what? We're going to give a few things away, Ron. We ain't talking about gift cards this time either. No, hell no. no. Uh-uh. We're it's talking time, about. I love you, man. Yeah, I love you too, bud. We, I mean, hell, y'all ought, y'all ought to love it, especially this time of year. We got a Laramie Tunsil, deep steel blue. Authentic jersey. These numbers are sewn on. Nameplate sewn on. Is that correct, Tyler? I mean, I did see that. All that's authentic, right? Yeah, authentic, man. I mean, would would look beautiful in a frame. Hell, you can wear it if you, you can get your lady to wear it. If that's what if that's what does it for you, what whatever it is, Laramie Tunsil. We will give that jersey away. We also have a Derek Stingley Jr. Um, pigskin, the Duke baby. Four panels, eight laces, an authentic NFL game. Game day football, Derek Stingley Jr. We're giving away, and then the uh, the prize possession, if you will, the prize giveaway. Always the prize with a Tim. That's right, C.J. Stroud. C.J. Strong. I don't know about that. Don't like that. But but C.J. Stroud's <laughs> C.J. I, 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 I don't either. I don't like, like. Don't like it. That. That's first thing I just. That's first time I've heard gonna, that. I was going to keep my mouth closed on that. And they uh, say no. I love that. And I say yes. C.J. Stroud's signed helmet is going to be given away at some point. All three of those items at some point in Friday's show. Tom's Watch Bar. Come through. Hang out with us. Uh, last week, the folks that came through, one, they had a hell of a time, Ron. Ain't no doubt about that. They really that. did. I mean, we, they did. We it filled was, the place up. It was one of our best. It's top um, five. The folks at one. Saw one on the big screen. Had one of them send me some pictures uh, via social media of their seats, that is. And then had one call into the postgame. Heard from everybody. Obviously, they thoroughly enjoyed what they won when they came to a live broadcast of the drive on Sports Radio 610. These This time, not tickets, but big-time, big-time items for sure for all Texans fans out there. Come through, hang out with us. The Texans offensive coordinator, he spoke 
as he always does. <coughs> what would that be? Two days before the game? Yep. Um, this happens to be Wednesday because it's a short week. They play on Saturday. Bobby Slowick is um, is my favorite my favorite Texan right now. We know it, yeah. When he, he when he comes going. to the podium. Look, I like D'Amico. I like CJ now. Um, but but Bobby, Bobby takes a cake. Um, there's a couple of things that I think fans have have you know, I, don't, I don't know questions about and just in terms of how do the Texans uh deal with it or how do the Texans respond or in this case the week one game the matchup week one if you don't remember the Texans played the Baltimore Ravens at their place week one to open the season CJ Stroud's first game as a as a rookie and it wasn't pretty it was it was bad. It, it was it was not good at all. Um, but Bobby Slowick was asked specifically about. I'm on record. I've said, look, I'm not even going back and watch it. I, I don't. I don't. I don't care what happened week one. This is a totally different team. But Bobby Slowick, the offensive coordinator, was asked about that week one game and that that matchup against Baltimore and and uh, and and what he took from it. Here's Bobby Slowick. I think the, the biggest part with that, and, and I use the phrase rock my boat a little bit, just like I started with the 505, and it's the first game we've had here under the scheme, and you need to start at the 101, you know, and we didn't do that, and we didn't really even give anybody a chance, um, and after that, we kind of changed how, how we were approaching some things, how we coached some things, how we were setting some things up, um, and the other part of it is in that game, I think we all got a really clear picture uh, of what we were really good at. You know, um, as an offense and as specific individuals on the offense, and guys have just grown from there. They've expanded what they're good at. Um, they've amplified the things that they showed in that game that they can do really well, um, and, and that really kind of, like I said, set the table for the rest of the year. From that point on, we've had a pretty focused vision for what we want to do on offense, and I think everybody's been on the same page in that regard. It's crazy, man. Through through the roughest times, you kind of figure out who you are. And 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 he went on later on, Ron, to talk about about C.J. Stroud. About like once he even said it, like once he got out, Bobby Slowick got out of the way and and allowed the ball to be snapped. He said, "Look, that's when you realize C.J. Stroud did some really special things, even under those those tough circumstances where the offensive coordinator." Uh, wasn't helping him in in terms of of down to down play to play, but that's when they that's when he realized started to realize, hey man, this, this offense is going to look a little different than maybe what we planned on it on it looking like to start the season. Yeah, I mean we, that was the thing is he had to grow, like he made some yeah. some decisions. First off, Tyler, I think we can all in the audience can see potentially why Clint is such a Bobby guy. I mean, you guys are. Just like he's, Bobby puts, <laughs> Bobby's too hard on himself. I mean, just like Clint was with that, with that stopper and that sink yesterday. I mean, Bobby piles on himself. Like I'm just like Bobby. Sound like, like Bobby wanted to call himself like, a dumbass. It's not the first time Bobby has well, gone. Bobby has got going. I mean, he goes in on himself. Maybe you guys should try it every now. And then. Uh, well, no, I mean, I don't. Nah. No, I wanna, I, I'm about giving just pure confidence to yourself. Nah, but, I'm pretty awesome. But Bobby, I mean, <laughs> I got yeah, some, awesome. I got some flaws like. Certain words I can't say, like oh, we all do, you know, whatever. But hey, don't, don't be fresh, fresh. But but I mean that one I can't say fresh fish. But <laughs> that thing that picks up people that are injured, I can't say. Like we have some, <laughs> you know. I say pose a question because I got to really focus on saying ask. But anyway, I like I, I listen, to him, man. I, this is the mo- a couple of times he re- like he beat himself up about 
uh, leaving Michael Dieter on an island. <laughs> when he put Michael Dieter in at right tackle. Yes, and, and he should have beat him up, beat himself up. <laughs> and it, like he beat like like I I think he sits back and gets. Re- I bet you because he you know he's rewatched week week one. Oh yeah. Yeah. I bet he sits there and he may be bleeding at the knuckles by by the time it's over. I like Bobby's sitting there kicking his ass, watching <laughs> watching. Why did I do this? Yeah. He probably saw that Noah Brown screen multiple times and just kicked his ass in that thing. I just calm down, Bobby. It was your first game, and now he's miles miles better. Yeah. And he is he is a he is a as you would say a weapon for them on yeah. the sidelines. Well, At least he has been. Uh, another one of those things. It's easy to look back and acknowledge all the issues and how bad you were week one when you've grown. Not only acknowledge it, but but verbalize it to the media when you, you've grown and you're sitting here in the second round of the playoffs. So, um, you know, look. I mean, again, I, I don't know that there's a whole hell of a lot to take from that game as it pertains to helping you win this week's game. But I don't. I don't think there's any doubt about it that. Um, the Baltimore game and probably the first half of of the um, the Indianapolis game it, it probably defined or or um, I think kind of exposed the Texans to who they were going to be. And kudos to the coaches, D'Amico Rhines and, and Bobby Slowick, for again making the adjustment, um, acknowledging who they were going to be, and and you know moving to a, a space where you're going to be more CJ centric and. Um, and and now here we sit. So tip my cap to those guys. Here's the other thing. A lot of folks have asked, hey, man, what can you take from that week one game, yada, yada, yada. The other thing is the weather. And and look, I, I, I'm not a huge weather guy, but I, I do think it is a, if it's severe, the way that we saw Buffalo and Kansas City these last two, this, this past weekend, or if you're typically an indoor team, that plays on turf indoors, controlled environment, and you're going to a place where there's going to be uh, some extreme cold, and there's going to be uh, a a really uh, involved fan base. I think crowd. Then, then I, I I think there is something there. There's a different. There's a little something more you got to deal with than when you're indoors and you're outside the elements. Here is what Bobby Slowick. Uh, said when he was asked about the weather in Baltimore and if they were going to make any adjustments. Yeah, we're going operation as normal. You know, probably would have adjusted things if, if maybe yesterday's practice went a little different, but um, it didn't really affect anybody. You know, it's just a little colder, balls a little harder. So uh, we went out there and everything operated fine. That's It's interesting from Bobby because the first time I listened to that audio, I thought, well, damn, what happened at yesterday's practice? What happened at yesterday's practice that you didn't adjust? They got some cold weather, man. They felt good about what he saw. I think. Well, that was it. I I wasn't. I was thinking that something specifically happened, and he was like, "Oh well, if we could adjust, we would." But but he he was talking about it was cold yesterday. The ball was hard. It was windy a little bit out there, and the guys went out and they practiced. It didn't even bother him at all. It was it was literally another day uh, on the field, just a walk in the park, and so there's no need to adjust in any way, shape, or form to the weather. So I, I took what Bobby had to say there um, as a as a positive. Yeah, Ron. especially I, when you look at CJ. He's, it, get, it gets cold up there in Columbus. Yeah, in he's, played in, yeah he's, he's played in a lot of this, no doubt. Yeah, so I, I, that's why the weather part has never been. But the last time we saw him was that Jets game. The last time we saw him in conditions that were bad. Listen, man, we, we could talk. It could have been 108. It could have been 90. I'm with you. It, it could have been Quinnen Williams was out there. Mm-hmm. That that was that was that that was that problem. That front seven 
was out there. I'll tell you, they could have had perfect weather. Fair enough. Jack, Nico Collins bounced after the first play. They could have had perfect weather. That, that's what that was. I I don't – I've just – the weather is never – unless it gets extremely windy yeah. or something. But that, but that to me is – that's going to factor in with Lamar and the Ravens too. Right? This isn't, this isn't a – Boy, the Ravens are more comfortable because they've played in it, and the Texans are a dome team. Yeah, All right, this is if if Quint, if if Justin Matabike comes up and goes Quentin Williams on him, because he's had thirteen plus sacks this year. If he comes up and goes off, and Clowney and all of them, the hell, it, it might it might we yeah, may the, be talking the about the wind. Weather weather doesn't matter a whole <laughs> lot, right? Um, yeah, look, I, I think it's less about. You know, is it is it something that that hampers their ability to play offense, or is it just something else that they've got to deal with? I do think it's something differently that they've got to deal with. To your point, though, Nico, all, all the I mean, these guys have played in cold weather before. Yeah, it's, it's not it's not like it's going to shock anybody. Singletary was in Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not going to shock anybody. Now, you know, like you said, if, if if somebody gets in there and starts wrecking shop and collapsing the pocket from the inside <laughs> out. Then all of a sudden, somebody might start start talking about how difficult the snap is, uh, but that has probably a little something to do with somebody other than than Mother Nature. So we'll see how that goes. There's Bobby Slowick this week on uh, on on his his squad traveling to Baltimore. Blue eighty, easy white ninety. Ron, we talked a lot about pressure this year. Who who's the pressure on? Who who's got the most pressure this week? Is it Bobby Slowick? Is it D'Amico Ryan's? Is it C.J. Stroud? Is it this guy? That guy? When you look at this particular matchup right here, and I don't buy into the fact that a lot of people are talking, are the thought that a lot of people are talking about house money. I, I, I don't, I don't think anybody in the Texans or, or hell, I hope nobody in the Texans organization is looking at this thing like, oh well, hell, what the hell? It doesn't matter what happens. We're playing with house money. Let's just go crazy, right? I, I don't, I don't think that's a reality at all. But I, I do believe there's a certain level of of freeness that the Texans can play with that the Baltimore Ravens. Um, might be able to play with if this game is tight down the stretch. And if there's any pressure on anybody right now, I believe it's squarely on the Ravens and it's squarely on Lamar Jackson, Ron. There is no way to avoid, at this point, Lamar Jackson's four previous playoff outings. The offense has failed to put up more than 20 points, right? there's there he, He's got paid. He's got the bag, y'all. He's got weapons. They put weapons around him right now. This this is you either win this football game or Lamar Jackson joins the Dak Prescott conversation. They got the bag. They hadn't won in the playoffs. And it's not just one appearance or just two. And no, it's, it's getting to the point where it's multiple appearances. And the greatness that we see in the regular season for some reason, for one reason or another, hasn't carried over into the postseason. In any way you slice it, the only stat that ultimately matters in, with quarterback play is winning in the playoffs. MVPs are great. Winning the regular season is great. When it's all said and done, them cats that win in January and ultimately in February are the cats that are going to sit at the top. Oh, yeah. he, he, he's, he's definitely in the pressure. There's no player that has more pressure this weekend than Lamar Jackson. That, that will be under... That if if they don't if they don't win, we'll get the most scrutiny. I don't, I don't know how much Lamar takes it home with him. I'm not saying he doesn't care. I just don't know that Lamar is. I don't know that Lamar is somebody that just yeah. will like you know Kobe would rest in peace would just absolutely drive himself insane with it. But there's nobody that will get Josh Allen if he loses at home to Mahomes. 
Mahomes and Andy Reid. That's not going. He's not yeah. going to get crushed. Even Brock Purdy, like it's he's not going to get Lamar. Can't lose this game. Can't. I mean, he just he, he cannot lose this game, or they will start. Uh, he will start getting the. I mean, hell, they dropped eight eight balls against the Steelers earlier this year. Three of them were touchdown passes. Yeah. The next day on on shows, the question was, was Lamar worth the money? Like that's the <laughs> right, right, that's right, right. the position that that he is in. No matter how it happens, they could drop eight balls. It will be on him. Yeah. That's where he is right now. Josh Allen usually in that boat too, where he gets blamed no matter what happens to a team. So. That's where he is. Nobody has more pressure. Not one player has more pressure. Well, it's it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch it <clears throat> watch it all unfold, man, and and uh, and and see how how it all goes down. Um, it is one hell of a matchup. There's no doubt about it, man. C.J. Stroud, Lamar Jackson, it, it, they're they're not the headliner. Look, they're not the headliner. When Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes are going head to head with what we've seen from them in the past, those two cats right there are the headliner. But there ain't no doubt about it. C.J. Stroud has put himself in the conversation to when he bumps up against one of the better quarterbacks in the league, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. It's must-watch TV. You're looking at the four, four of the what's going to be appears to be the best quarterbacks, not just in the league, but in yeah. the AFC. Yeah, Burrow, who's in Cincinnati, some others like there. These these are these are going to be some of the four that are battling in that elite range all year. I mean, all the rest of the, the next decade or so. All right, coming up. What is Clint's number one concern walking into Baltimore? What is it that is making Clint most concerned? You don't want to miss that. We'll let you hear that coming up next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Cubley. All right, welcome back into the drive as uh, we continue rolling throughout. As Clint said before, I see a lot of people texting in, hey, where are you guys going to be? Where are you guys going to be tomorrow? Where are you guys going to be? We're not going to be anywhere tomorrow. But uh, we will Friday. Friday will be a football Friday presented, a playoff edition football Friday presented by our wonderful friends at LaMisha Wakana. So come on out and hang out with us. We'll be there from 2 to 6. We'll be in the same spot we were Last week, and I'm telling you, if you came on out, come on out again. If you didn't, you miss a great spot. Tom's Watch Bar, make your way on out there. Got a chance to win multiple, multiple things there, including three prizes, a uh, autographed signed football jersey, a, a game one, game football jersey, not game used, but a game version 
of uh, of uh, Laramie Tunzel signed and autographed a autographed signed football from Derek Stingley Jr. and then a uh, a uh, a signed helmet and this is a real regular sized helmet not a little one a signed helmet by CJ Stroud so come on out with us on Friday at Tom's Watch Bar downtown right next to House of Blues can't miss it great spot to go to they serve tall boys down there they do mm. they do i'm thinking about going and negotiating with red and seeing if i can get a, if i can get him if you give him 500 extra calories can you have a couple that's pops? A good, right what do you think like can i get because i saw that menu there man there was a couple things i was no nah, like what do you because i ain't gonna let you do it because he's told me well he's told me friday is gonna be cardio day well, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, I'm not going to let you do it either way it goes when you get there. <laughs> you going to shut it down? I'm shutting it down. Just like I did last time. I had to tell, I had to tell one somebody of our listeners, brought, hey, somebody hey, brought no, some no. pineapple juice over yeah, to no, me. No, no, no. We, we, we ain't doing that. I mean, he's committed. He's he's on a mission. He's on a journey. I'll leave, it, leave him alone, damn it. Just, I'll drink it. I was going to try to, um, I was going to try to negotiate maybe. I'm not gonna let you do that, man. I, I, I'm not gonna. I, I, I don't think you should. I don't think you should go talk to Red. But you say so you can get those 500 calories, but you're not gonna get any of the extras. Yeah, no. I just I mean, what I was looking at was the wings, just the wings. Yeah, no. I, I just it ain't worth it. Wings. It's and not a, worth it. And a little vodka. Now the the wing the the wings. I, I don't I don't know enough about now. Alcohol sets you back more than just the calories. I mean, because a big part of what you're doing is you're getting your system operating and executing and functioning at an extremely efficient level right the minute you put something bad in and and i'm not don't i'm I'm no i'm no uh no doctor but i believe alcohol in terms of disrupting disrupting that system this is coming on multiple fronts a top five quarterback coach in in the the country so no question we'll get to how the alcohol affects your mind later on (laughs) but but in terms of disrupting that efficiency that you've spent so much time creating um, it's just not worth it. The guy Whether it's one vodka or it's 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 a six or twelve wings, the best wings in the world, Ron. Unless you're planning on like going to Vegas and just going on a bender and having like making like ridiculous memories for yourself, Tyler. I mean that. I mean that that may be worth it. Sounds for you. like Tyler. Tyler uh, does plan on going to Vegas potentially. A live show when you when your partner right here will take all the bullets for you. Yeah, man, it, it ain't worth it. You gladly take it, wouldn't you? No problem, man. <laughs> take it for the team, down. bro. I'll shut folks down. You, it's like no a drink. Bouncer. I had to check him last. I told him before Ron got there. No, did you he, tell him before I walked in the door? Before he got there, because they said, we all, I said, I'll have a drink. I said, but Ron's not, so we're not waiting on him. Ron's not drinking. <laughs> and he said, okay. I, to, I told you when we first started. Then I you, then I you walk in and you walk right up. Oh, you want a shot? You said, no. I said, I told y'all he wasn't drinking. And then we're 10 minutes into the show. Hey, y'all want to drink? Hey, Ron, you want to drink? I said, hey. She did try. She tried to offer me 10 shots. Yeah. I said, hey, hey. I told you he ain't drinking. Relax over there. See you there tomorrow, though. I'll be ready. Oh, ain't no doubt. Ain't no doubt. No, they're going to show. I know. Yes, indeed. All right, Clint. uh, Let's look at this thing. Yesterday, I gave you my number one concern. My number one concern is is that watching two weeks ago from that Colts game, is that the run game gets away from the Texans. That's uh, that's my number one concern going up against the number one rush defense with Lamar Jackson, a part of that. For you, you said you wanted to think on it a bit. What is your – what is your – Clint Sterner right here. What is your number one concern for the Texans walking into this game on Saturday? Tight ends. Baltimore's tight ends. That's the number one for you. My number one concern. I, look, I they're, they're – 
there is obviously they're getting Mark Andrews back, and and th- but this would have been my concern with or without Mark Andrews. My concern is not the greatness of Mark Andrews, guys and gals that are out there listening. My my concern is that this is a different offense. This is not the tight end heavy, tailback heavy, um, run run first football. Even though they are the best run team in the league statistically, they're they're not they're not the same team they were last time. Um, Lamar Jackson was the MVP. Um, clearly, all they used at that point in time was tight ends, right? Um, th- this is a different offense, and for me, it's it's not about Mark Andrews' greatness because I clearly he's a great one. This is more about schematically. Like I trust, I trust that D'Amico Ryan's is going to have a spy answer for Lamar Jackson. Right, whatever the coverage is, whether it's a backer or a safety, somebody's going to be spying Lamar Jackson the majority of the time. Damn sure in critical situations. Yeah, right. You talked yesterday about this being one of the football teams that has a just a, an entire like an old school mindset to running the football. They they talk about being physical and they are physical, right? So, I, but I but I trust that D'Amico Ryan's is going to have a plan to stop the run. Um. Zay Flowers is a guy that we saw at week one and hadn't slowed down since. They're going to move him all over the place. He's going to be a gadget guy. He's going to be a guy that can catch the football behind the line of scrimmage in the quick game as well as the mid-range game and even deep if you let him get behind you. I I believe that D'Amico Ryans is going to have an answer for the spy on on Lamar, stopping the run, and I believe he's going to have an answer for keeping track of Zay Flowers. The problem with all that, Ron, is – all three of them have been very effective this year. And all three of them are some of the sexiest eye candy that you're going to see in the NFL. And when you say sexy eye candy, you mean? There's a lot going on. Who am I watching? Zay Flowers, Lamar Jackson. Oh, all of a sudden they're downhill. This run game's downhill in my face. Yeah. Right? Zay Flowers goes in motion. You're looking. Where's he at? Where's he, he lines at? up in the backfield now. That communicated, communicated. Oh, hey, make sure you stay on your keys in the run game because you got they'll get downhill on you. Make sure, oh, oh, we, we got the perfect defense call. We play the perfect covers up. Lamar Jackson's out the back door. All that eye candy, all that, all those distractions, right? I just firmly believe that this group is going to have a really good, at least have answers, a plan. Let's not say no answers. Let's say a plan to address that. But with all that eye candy, all it takes is one guy, one or two or three times, get his eyes in the wrong place, and Mark Andrews is over the top. Isaiah Likely's catching a one-handed ball in the flats, and he's down the sideline hitting his head on the goalpost. These two tight ends, these two tight ends have the they're, they're really good targets, obviously. But when you when you put them as the counterpunch to Alt Lamar and stopping the run and Zay Flowers moving all over the place, the tight ends are the one that can bust this thing wide open if yeah, you're not careful. There was just listening to you. There was a play in the Dolphins game where. Uh, Isaiah likely you could he just comes wide open for a touchdown. They do it Ricard too, wide open for a touchdown where he is on one side of the formation and everybody mm-hmm. is all that eye candy you're talking and then he just leaks out and he is literally the only yep. person, offense or defense, on that side of the field and it's an easy touchdown catch and he walks into the end zone because everything they're created is almost as if yep. he was forgotten. 
Yep, that that's the and part that's that scares Mark me, man. Andrews on the field. Yep, that's the part that scares me. And, and and here's the other deal: you get into the red zone. Um, we talked about it earlier. Like the answer for me is like, you, you, there's been a couple of times this year, multiple times this year actually, where it's just been blatantly obvious where the quarterback's going with the football in the red zone because they're getting the tight end matched up on on Denzel Perryman or Henry Toa Toa. Right, I mean, and, and that even if you end up in that coverage, like you can't show me that pre-snap, like you can't just line up and let me go. Oh, Mark Andrews, Perryman, huh, got this, right? And no disrespect to Perryman, it's just a reality. He's about one of the best tight ends in the game, and I think it's I think the same thing same thing holds true with likely those guys are going to be a problem in the red zone if if you present a very clear picture to Lamar Jackson pre and post snap like that. That's got to be muddy as ever, cloudy as ever in the middle of the field, in the red zone, to make sure the tight ends don't hurt you as well. Those, those, the tight ends are, are, are my biggest my biggest uh, uh, lookout for, I guess, in, yeah. in, in this game. Big concern right there for him. Mine is the running game of the Ravens. Yours is the tight ends with the Ravens. Coming up, a guy who has been Tyler, there. what's yours? Getting a flight to Vegas? <laughs> right now, right absolutely. Now. Right now, hopefully. Well, God, I hope you do. God, come on, Taco Bell. All right. Coming up, Texans uh, Texans practice report. Our guy B. Scott, who's there all all week long, yesterday, today as well, will get his thoughts on what he's hearing and seeing from the Texans coming up next. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. All right, it's, it's not Thursday, it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday at 440, which means our guy Brandon Scott joins the drive fresh off Maybe not fresh off, but but uh, but but not so long off from the practice field. Fresh and, enough, fresh enough. And uh, in the uh, press room, talking to today, uh, Clint's favorite, Bobby Slowick, uh, and uh, and also Matt Burke, Frank also uh, as uh, the assistant speak today. Yesterday, hearing from D'Amico and uh, and C.J. Stroud. Uh, let's hit this one real quick before we get the vibe and how we feel and how. Things sound around the team right now. It looks like Jerry Hughes is the only one really right now there is concern of. Didn't practice again uh, today. Are, are are you in the – I think last week at this time you didn't feel real good about Jerry playing in this game, feeling the same way this week with what we're hearing from Jerry? Yeah, that's the way it seems, man. I think we've kind of come to accept at this point that it's going to be somebody that's not going to be there, especially on that defensive line. It feels like for what – about three weeks now, we've been talking about, man, that defensive line looks real banged up. We had a little stretch there where the whole starting four of the defensive yeah. line was not practicing or had an injury, an ankle injury or a hip abdominal injury, whatever it was, with Malik Collins. at the Now it just seems like Jerry Hughes, which is a depth piece for you at this point. So you deal with that. It seems like that's what the case is going to be. Now, I will say one thing that's a little bit concerning, and I wouldn't say it's super concerning, but it's a little bit concerning that you look at it and Will Anderson and Jonathan Grenard went from limited participation to not participating at all today. Johnny Greener. So neither one of them participated today. They both practiced yesterday. I think that they're both going to be fine. I'm not saying the guys aren't going to play, but it is like a, a little bit of an alarm. You would think it would be flip-flop, like right? They would not practice the day before and then be limited today. But I would be shocked if either one of them didn't give you at least what they gave you in the Cleveland game. Yeah, to, to a point you made earlier, Clint, maybe with these guys, maybe we're looking at more rest is more important than 
Yeah, and the, we've talked the, the, about the that before. I think yeah. that's what you said. Yeah, well, I, I just think when you talk about D-line play, I mean, there's only so many looks that that you can get that are that's going to change your call or your alignment or or ultimately your um, – you know what's what's your task with defensively, and so I, I like Matt Burke is on record to say, I mean, this is a plug and play defense for our down line. So I, I think that the two things: one, it's a plug and play, very simple, uh, you know, system defensively for the D line. Plus, as B Scott just said, I mean, you've got in the last couple of weeks, last three weeks, I mean, every D lineman that's a starter on this team has been on the injury report to some degree. And a couple of them hadn't played, so uh, I think it's more important for that whole group to get everybody as healthy and and not just healthy but fresh because you don't know who's going to blow a tire at any point in time. Yep, Brandon. We also heard uh, or saw they placed uh, Noah Brown on IR earlier this week, and they have signed and brought up Stephen Sims. What's the the feel? Do you get a feel that Stephen Sims is is going to have an impact in this game, or is this just more? All right, just in case depth that we may have to use him. Yeah, I would go to ladder. I would say depth just in case you have to use him. But just as far as Steven Sims goes, I will point out he is a speed guy, and we know what C.J. Stroud likes to do. He likes to stretch the ball <clears> downfield. <throat> now, Steven Sims to me would be an unlikely target. He would be an unlikely playmaker on offense. But I don't think it's impossible. C.J. Stroud likes to spread the ball around, and Steven Sims is a legitimate speed threat. Now, could he factor in the special teams? We've seen Damian Pierce make plays in special teams. We know that Desmond King is a reliable guy in special teams on the punt return. So where does Steven Sims factor in? I would, I would think that he's much more likely to factor into the kicking game because he's done that already throughout various points of the season. We've seen that more so. Like he's got like a, I want to say one or two catches in all of the season, but he's had a couple of returns. So it'll be interesting to see how they, how they fit him in. But as far as playmaking goes, I feel like you're much more likely to see more from – a John Mechie or Xavier Hutchinson, and then Steven Sims just kind of gets in where he fits in. What What are you uh, – I'm looking down at this injury report, and, and and all three of the linebackers getting the most run, Blake Cashman, Christian Harrison, Denzel Perryman, all three limited today. I, I think those are going to be uh, – not just this week. Hell, any any week those three guys are as critical as anybody on this defense at this point in time. Uh, just you're, they're, they're all three – I think it says they're all three limited – uh, today, your thoughts on that? What'd you see? Yeah, no, I, I like y'all's last segment and both of y'all's points about y'all's biggest concern, Ron. Yours being the run game, I think that's a great one because we're talking about Lamar Jackson and one of the best rushing attacks that 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 you'll find. Period. Like in all of football. And then Clint, I, I thought you raised great points about the way the Ravens like to attack the middle of the field, whether it's the tight end specifically with the tight ends, but also with these speed guys, these these wide receivers that they've added to their arsenal that they didn't have before in previous years. When you talk about Lamar Jackson's poor record in the playoffs, he didn't really have a dynamic player like a Zay, like a Zay Flowers and an Odell Beck, like the, the mix in arsenal, especially if Mark Andrews is going to be back in the mix. Mm-hmm. And we've seen what likely has turned into throughout the year. Like I don't think he's had this kind of combination yeah. of weapons, but they still like to do the same thing. Lamar Jackson's strengths are still his strengths, and that's attacking the middle of the field as opposed to the boundaries, right? Like, that's what that's where Lamar Jackson's money is made, along with the run game, like Ron talks about. So, yeah, no, like, if those guys are limited or are injured, that's going to be something to monitor. But, again, you expect them to, to at least be out there. What they give you would be the question. Brandon Scott here with us doing his Texans report, as he does each and every Wednesday. Uh, one of, Hell, the biggest one of the year. What What's the sense that you're getting? Because – 
this is what now the, the Ravens, the Browns, the Titans. This is the third straight opponent they are playing that they had already had a previous matchup and the Colts against this year. So four, and the Colts, so the Colts before, so four in a row, yeah. they already had a previous matchup against. This one, however, like much more like the Colts, week one all the way to now. Do you get a feel that any of them, hearing from D'Amico and CJ and Bobby and 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 all of the coaches there, Matt Burke, that there is a sense that they're taking anything from that week, or is this just do they view this as a completely new thing and a different thing that they don't really take a lot out of? Yeah, so I, I think that they already took out of week one what they needed to take out of it, and that's been applied throughout the season. So when you talk about what did they learn about themselves or what did they take away from week one, it was the the the, the sloppiness of the offense, the way that things were communicated, the, the fact that they maybe overcomplicated things for themselves the way Bobby Sloyd talked about today, like they've already applied that into what it is that they do. And so I, I think that that's part of the benefit of what we've seen. The reason why we're here having this conversation now and the season's not over with and we're not talking about the draft and everything like that, like the, the whole reason why we're here is because they've learned lessons from that week. And then I think on top of that, you know, you talk about being a different team now. I mean, this is fascinating. I cannot wait to watch this matchup for a lot of reasons, man. You think about that first week, we were still under the impression, and I'm talking about all, the collective week, those of us in this studio, the listeners that are listening to this station right now, and even the coaches over there at NRG Stadium were under the impression at the time that Damian Pierce was probably their top mm. offensive weapon on the team at the time. C.J. Stroud had not emerged. No, Tank Dell had not emerged. Nico Collins had not emerged into what he is right now. Devin Singletary was their backup running back. Okay, so we were having a totally different conversation yep. about what this offense looked like in week one and what we thought it was going to be. And they're not going to say that. And this is not to throw Damian Pierce under the bus or anything like that. This is just the reality of the situation. He's kind of a non-factor into their offense now. And you think about their first drive of the second half in that game, in, 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 in that first game against the, the Ravens, it was a heavy dosage of feed Damian Pierce. You know, they get sacked. Uh, a lot of the, 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 the short passing game and the run game was focused on Damian Pierce. Like, it's not going to be that way in this game. It's a C.J. Stroud-centric game. It's a Nico Collins-centric game. I think one of the big takeaways of today, one of the big news items of the day, is Marlon Humphrey might not be able yep. to play in this game. Yep. The, it, one of the best players in football. Certainly one of the best cornerbacks in football. It's not, and he didn't play in the first game. But, again, this is a different offense. So what does that look like? I think it's going to be real fascinating. Well, how do you feel about this game? We, this is the last time we'll have you on. I know you'll be on the station throughout, but – how do you, on Wednesday? How do you feel about uh, about the Texans' chances in this one? I don't know where I'm feeling, man. I might have to I might have to roll up on y'all, pull up on y'all on Friday, man. Oh, this is a, hey, this is big. This is big time, man. I'm come feeling, on out to time. Hey, look, I'm feeling really, really good about it. I I, I think I'm in line with y'all in terms of what the concerns are, mm -hmm. the running game. Like I feel a lot. The way I was just thinking about it before I came in was, I feel a lot better about the as crazy as it may sound for as good as this defense is, the, the Ravens defense. I feel a lot better about C.J. in this offense going up against that Ravens defense, wild as it sounds, than I do of uh, the things that y'all have talked about on the show already. The Ravens offense. That Ravens offense, the run. How they, I know the Texans' run defense is pretty good, one of the best in the league supposedly. But, look, they don't, they don't face nothing like this Ravens offense too often. There's nothing really like it. So, so you got that, and then everything you talked about again, Clint, with how they like to work the middle of the field, how that's going to factor in, not just with the linebackers, but the safeties. Desmond King at the slot corner position, I think all of those guys are going to factor in. I'm fascinated by it. And for the Texans, I just – it is great to get all the pub that they're getting. 
I just like maybe that maybe that slow that down because you're talking about that Ravens defense. I just feel like they're sitting there just. If I hear another damn thing about CJ, no, nah, but it's beautiful though. It's beautiful. No, I'm it's, just I'm just saying for them. New blood. I, man, I love it. I love. It's I, new it's, blood. It is fair. I just, I just feel yeah, like yeah, Patrick man. Quinn and them are, are sitting there like okay, bring yeah, look, what, but just keep. Hey, right. but look, but you get all to talk. Right, we can we can talk all we want. <laughs> Clint, you know this, man. We get to talk all we want throughout the week, man, but they got to go do it on Sunday <laughs> or Saturday in this, in this case. They can't wait for this joint. They got to go make it happen, baby. Brandon Scott, you can catch him all all day. You'll be on in uh, in the loop tomorrow, 11 o'clock. Yeah, tomorrow, o'clock. 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock. Yep. Catch him there as well. And all of his work on SportsRadio610.com. He let the cat out a bit there. The injury report is out, and I think it is much, much more important on the Ravens side. Is that not right? Let the cat out of the bag? No, it, it was. Oh, okay, let because the cat out of the bag. Yeah, yeah. oh, okay. Hey, the hey, don't, don't be like Cam Newton said, let the cat out of the hat. He go Dr. Seuss and nursery rhymes on you. <laughs> man, what is him and Jay doing with that hair, man? Can they just get their hair? Anyway, coming up, we'll let you know about that uh, the injury report because the Ravens may have some issues. We'll discuss that coming up next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.